Welcome to I've Always Wanted to Watch That, a spin-off podcast from the Average Joe's Movie Clubcast. I'm Justin. In this podcast, I get the pleasure of talking with fellow cinephiles to discuss their love of movies, along with reviewing a film at least one of us has always wanted to check out, but it's always put off for some reason or whatever. In this episode, I welcome Connor Wilson, who has been a longtime follower of mine and has some really, really neat letterbox profile pictures uh, I'd like to talk to him about. <laughs> and we'll be checking out uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky's El Topo from 1970. Nice to meet you, Connor. Um, tell me a little about yourself. Well, um, yeah, I've been following you for basically since I got letterboxed. Um, but what I year am was that? a. Uh, I think around 2018. Okay. Or something so not around long there. after me. I think I joined in late 2017. So almost since the, our beginning. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and I'm a filmmaker in Utah. Oh, okay. uh, I mostly work um, in either editing and my onset mm-hmm. experience is in a uh, camera department mostly as a camera assistant. Okay. Um, what kind yeah, of productions so are you on? Uh, well, I worked on a movie called Sick uh, a couple of years ago. Um, it was a John Hyams directed, Kevin Williamson penned a movie that went to Peacock, I think. Oh, neat. Um, so I was in the camera department on that. That's probably the highest profile thing I've uh, worked on. Are you like but, freelance or do you work for a studio? Uh, freelance. Uh, that was with Miramax specifically, but I've, that's the only thing I've done with them. I've also worked on like lifetime stuff and just commercials, all, all kinds of stuff. Um, pr- uh, pretty impressive amount of production work there. Um, do you travel to LA or is there a production where, uh, where you're at? So it depends. Uh, it's freelance. So sick was shot here in Utah and, um, I've shot stuff all over the state. Um, it's not really centralized in any one studio. Um, I work freelance for that and uh, also for editing. So I'm editing a feature right now and it is uh, independent completely. So um, not connected to anything else. Cool, how'd you get in, how, um, did you get in this uh, line of work? Did uh-huh. you uh, go to any school for it or just kind of met the right people? I did some school for it, but uh, basically it was networking, essentially, uh, with people. So I didn't actually finish school. I just, you know, started working and met people and, you know, it kind of has progressed from there. I work a lot with my brother as well. Uh, He's also in the camera department. So we kind of uh, get jobs for each other and that sort of thing. Any connection to like how you like review films to like um, you work on actually uh, working on them? Yeah, I I think it does a little bit. Like for instance, uh, I reviewed one of the movies that I worked on, which was which is uh you know it's always a little bit dangerous, but I think I navigated that okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, I think if anything, it just has made me appreciate movies more in terms of the amount of effort that goes into making them uh, and just how the whole thing is just triage, you know, it's problems come up and you have to, you know, patch up the wound and that's, that's all of filmmaking. So it's kind of a miracle that they even get made at all. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's awesome. Okay. Uh, do you recall how you, uh, you spotted me on letterbox and um, I, what's I kept don't. you coming back? <laughs> 
I don't. Well, I I like your reviews because um, I, I think I think long form reviews tend to get shafted by Letterbox a little bit. There I think go. uh, you know the sense. the short short reviews rise to the top uh, usually, mm-hmm. um, but I think I like a review that is in depth, and I also like about your reviews i kind of like the structure of them i think they're um it makes them digestible and then Appreciate you know that. you separate it into spoilers at the bottom and stuff i just i i think they're uh, good and insightful and i like reading them i don't remember how i found you though it's probably just one of your reviews very cool and i remember gosh it was yeah earlier this year i was just going through like comments and i just stumbled across something you you wrote and i was like god oh, this guy you know, he keeps coming back. He has some good stuff. And yeah, I should definitely talk to him at some point. So sorry, it's been a long time coming, but now we're here. Yeah, no, it's it's great. And I, you know, I really, really love movies. And I also like talking with, according to Letterboxd, people that have seen more movies than me, which is, okay. uh, which is always, always nice. How many are you up to? I'm at like 3,200, something like that. Okay, I'm not too far beyond that. I hit 3,000 about a year or so ago. Yeah, I'm up to 3,500 now. Yeah, I'm at like 3,286 is what it says. So, yeah. Have you had any, uh, um, when you hit 3,000, did you have any special uh, um, movie to watch or anything like that? No, but when I did my thousandth review on Letterboxd, I, uh, I just put a little little message at the bottom of that and that was uh that was the snyder cut of justice league okay (laughs) but that was that was not intentional uh it just happened and i thought that was kind of a fun movie to do it on because it was uh sort of an event so nice it's pretty fun yeah for my 3000th i just put up a little list and was like hey which movie should i watch and a bunch of people voted for uh cleo from five to seven so that ended up being the one (laughs) It's a good one. Nice. Not definitely yeah. not something I would pick out of a barrel, but uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's find all about your. Um, oh, one more question. Uh, what What would you say your letterbox process is? Do you write something about each thing you watch, or just some stuff, or in the rating, and how's all that go? Oh well, uh, I would say I do not have any sort of process. I think it's a mix of just feeling for the movie i think mm-hmm. my reviews can range from being really short or really long um personal or jokes or you know all kinds of stuff and and the rating is sort of a mix of how well i think the movie's made how much mm-hmm. i like it i think i don't really separate the two um so i i just mm-hmm. go with my gut and that's also kind of how i pick movies to watch i'm a very uh moody moviegoer so i just kind of go with what i'm feeling and find movies and sometimes uh i can't find it and i sit scrolling for you know three hours through netflix or whatever but uh, (laughs) but i uh i do um i usually find stuff and and i also like a themed uh thing to keep me going so like every october i always just make a big (laughs) list and go through it and watch try and watch a movie every day but awesome all right, well, let's learn more about your movie uh, taste with our big movie blitz um, where I ask you rapid-fire questions. So <clears throat> start off start right. off with, 
Uh, favorite director, um, your favorite film from them, and your least favorite film. Ooh, favorite director. That <laughs> is, that is actually a little bit tough. Let me okay. see. I think if I had to pick a, fa- oh man. I I think I I'll just go with Scorsese. I like I like him. Okay. Uh, I would the best say my, from the best from him. Uh, I like Silence. I think is my favorite of his. Okay. Okay. And then at least Andrew man. Garfield. That's right. Um, my least favorite of his. That's kind of tough. Ooh, uh, I, I, know, I know mine. <laughs> mine is Gangs of New York. I think. Ooh. Okay. Like the ones I've seen. Yeah, it's still okay. <laughs> like, I don't dislike it, but that's mine. Age of Innocence just drove me crazy when I watched it, so that would instantly be my pick. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. I'm not a fan of it's, that one. It's definitely, uh, it, it's a, it's definitely weird I, for him, I think. It's a, it's and a it's not even that it's like this romantic period piece. It's just the style was just so, it was just too much. It was like, I like style, but this is, this is. Yeah, that's a little bit how I feel about Gangs of New York as well. I okay. think it's fine. I like that he experiments with stuff, but ever, like right from the outset, the fight at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't know about this. <laughs> you know, it's doing <laughs> a lot of uh, stuff that I guess is not very typical of him. Like mm-hmm. editing wise, it's a little bit faster. It's a little bit um, okay. like handheld. And uh, it was just, I don't know. It just wasn't my favorite i i there are aspects i really like about it though those are both the daniel day lewis ones right um gangs in new york and uh yeah yeah you're right age of innocence yeah that's too bad i really like i really like him (laughs) (laughs) um i was gonna say that i've noticed with scorsese like i think like i love goodfellas but then like i rewatch casino and it's it's a little long in the tooth and then obviously the irishman is like very very long right so um i almost like a little bit more restraint on the, the scorsese sometimes yeah so i i like silence a lot and then i also really like taxi driver um mm-hmm. oh, that's yeah. a, i know it's a pretty basic choice but i that's i just have really you seen his new one yet it's good i have yeah i went and saw it i i really liked it okay still need to check it out yeah it's it's pretty good it's pretty long too it's it's not irishman long though and there's no uh you know cgi uh, Robert bases. De Niro kicking people and in the street. Well, at least as long as it's not in, uh, in, uh, CGI indie, um, I'll be okay. Oh, <laughs> that was, yeah. oh, that was pretty rough to get through that. Oh, I'm with you. Sequence. Him jumping over the train, he looks like uh, it looks like Daredevil with Ben Affleck. Yeah, pretty He's much. Like <laughs> jumping over the train, I was like, oh, it's like cat. I, uh, yep, I instantly that um, brought back to cringing in that moment. Uh, yeah, oh. sure. All right, next one. Uh, movie you have likely seen the most. Uh, I think the movie that I've seen the most times in my entire life is probably The Phantom Menace. Ah. Uh, <laughs> and that's down to watching it every single day as a child. Okay. I watched it all the time. I was obsessed with that movie. <laughs> uh, you know, and I still like it. I think there's, it's not, you know, it, it's kind of stupid, the movie, mostly. It's a lot of, you know, fart jokes and slipping in poop and, uh yeah, pot racing that. And, and everything but uh but i don't know as a kid i really liked it and uh, i would yeah, say you don't really like, notice that uh that wooden acting quite as much as a kid and then you get to be an adult and it's like eh, probably yeah. should have nuanced these scenes a little more 
yeah, when, when I was a kid, I, I didn't think the movie was boring at all. But as mm-hmm. an adult, I'm sitting through the, you know, office drama, all the, yeah. you know, political... Mm-hmm. Uh, the trade agreements meander. and so forth. Yeah, oh, for <laughs> the blockades and all the, yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's too much. But I still like it, and I really identified as a kid with Anakin in that movie I think I really liked that it was a movie about a little boy when I was a little boy so okay right on but yeah obviously his performance and the has gotten a lot of flack but you know it's like mm-hmm. George Lucas dialogue techno babble stuff so yeah you know. see I was I think I was in eighth grade or a freshman when that came out something like that yeah it's funny to watch that movie i think it's called fanboys where they like go to like the the lucas ranch to like try to help their dying friends see like the the film before he goes or whatever and then it's like this you know big joke about it being terrible but yeah i have I, like you i have a soft spot for it yeah i i like most of the star wars movies honestly i just i've always been a fan um since i was little and can't I can't really separate myself from it still. I, I've, I liked some of the new ones. I've, I've liked all of them, so basically, on some level. It's funny. My first experience with Star Wars was um, I was staying the night at a friend's house, and the very end of Return of the Jedi comes up where you know he's like, the, Vader takes his mask off, and my friend's like, oh, have you seen this yet? So he's his father, and I was like, oh, okay, okay. So like I, the big... Spoiler of Star Wars was instantly spoiled in me. My first moments of ever seeing any of it. So I have According that. According to my family, uh, when I was a kid, they told me I had seen The Phantom Menace before mm-hmm. I had seen the other movies. And okay. my uncle told me that Anakin becomes Darth Vader, who I was familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I might have actually caught one of the other ones. Anyway, I started crying, apparently. I was very oh my. upset. I was very <laughs> upset by the twist. Uh, but that's that's kind of funny. I I like uh, yeah going into going into the movie. It's like the in the on the Simpsons when they spoil the Empire Strikes Back when he's coming out of the theater, and they okay. all the crowd attacks Homer Simpson for saying that Darth Vader's Luke's father <laughs> before they've seen it. Good stuff. All right. Uh, what would you say is a a really under overrated film for you? An overrated film. Well. Let me think. Oh man, this is actually kind of tough. Think about movies that are overrated. I kind of, uh, I'm, I have a hard time with movies that I, uh, like, I, I appreciate a lot of movies, but mm-hmm. I tend not to think as much about the ones that I don't love. Um, okay. Okay. Man, I actually think uh, this is might sound weird considering the movie that we are about to talk about, but I, okay. I think I did not enjoy Cannibal Holocaust. Okay. Um, that was a uh, – I just – you know, aside from all of the you know, obvious around, uh, I guess. taboos and everything, I just thought mm-hmm. it was a little bit trite um, oh, okay. in terms of the messaging. So that was – that was one for me where I, I just didn't connect with it at all. Um, okay. I do like the music, though. Yeah. Uh, um, for that one, I was very surprised how it did have that more like 
upper brow kind of slant to it and it wasn't so as grungy so i think i was kind of relieved by that but um right it's interesting perspective yeah I, I mean it's it's also one that you know they there's some problematic elements so it's easy to go mm-hmm. oh well you know this sucks but i i gave it a chance and wanted to watch it um and yeah. i think it was uh it was worth watching but i think it's a little bit to me a little overrated Okay, first movie you saw in a theater, if you can recall. Uh, well, technically, it's The Rock. Uh, oh, Michael Bay. A little Michael Rock. Bay right off the bat. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, when I was when I was essentially a baby. So I don't know why my parents were bringing me into the movie th- movie theater as a baby, but that is reportedly the first movie I ever saw in a theater. All right. Uh, the first movie I remember seeing was the. Uh, it's either Pokemon, the first movie, or the Barney movie from the nineties. Oh, okay. <laughs> I remember both of those. I don't know which came out first, but it's one of those. Is the Barney one with like the magical egg or something? Yes, that's the one. <laughs> oh gosh, I've <laughs> I never saw that till I had kids, and oh my, have I seen that movie now? <laughs> yeah, I, I have a kid now too, so I'm I'm getting ready. All right, how old? He's eight months tomorrow. Oh, exciting! Walking yet? He's crawling. He hasn't okay. started walking yet. He can stand a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I got three, and they, they all start at their own time, and usually the, the ones that follow after come, you know, they want to, they pull them out, so flip a little quicker, so. Right, right. All right, something that instantly turns you off about a story, any movie pet peeves? Hmm. Well, I'm trying to think if there's anything that, like, is an immediate kind of turn off. I, this is going to sound bad because this isn't a blanket over all of them but i do get a little hesitant if the movie's a musical oh okay Um, i just i i'm wary i'm my i'm like on edge but uh not rushing out to see wonka huh (laughs) uh i'm i i'll give it a chance but i'm definitely a little uh that's a paul king thing though so i'm giving it a chance on on those grounds but (laughs) uh yeah i think um I don't, I don't have many things that completely turn me off of a movie. Um, I would say. Any uh, subject I'm matter as, in particular that might. Uh, I, I, well, this is, again, this is not related to Cannibal Holocaust, but I do get a little skittish around cannibalism in movies. That is something that. Um, <laughs> Understandably show. <laughs> yeah. So that's one where, like, I can't remember what movie it is, uh, but I saw a movie when I was in my teens where they are cooking somebody and they like are they're like cutting meat off of them and like oh it looked it looks like a it looks like a thanksgiving turkey meat like white meat i was like uh, and it was really crazy where i was like oh my gosh this is insane um and so uh that was probably when i started being a little bit you know like oh geez we're gonna do this again every time there's cannibalism in a movie but uh, have you seen that um the chef the wife uh the cook and her lover or whatever i have not i have oh, okay. not seen it but good, uh, so i assume uh in the context of this uh conversation that there's something to do with uh people eating, eating each other yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the cook the thief his wife and her lover yeah very stylistic uh yeah, yeah. i'd be curious to see if that triggers your cat your cannibal yeah, and, uh, pet peeve <laughs> i have gotten a little bit uh i'm a little more uh 
open to watching stuff like that now. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm a little more mature. I think I can, I can hold back my emotions a little bit on that. But, uh, yeah, it definitely is a, a factor. Uh, film you like to recommend? Ooh, I like to recommend the movie Cure. Oh, uh, the, um, the, Japanese, the little flame. The, um, it's like the hypnotic flame. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's the one. I like Kurosawa cool. is the name of the director. Um, I think it's Kiyoshi Kurosawa. Oh, okay. Yeah, saw that one a couple uh, a year or two ago. Yeah, but that's that's one I like to re- recommend. I think. Very cool. Favorite film you get annoyed that people keep asking you about why you like it. Uh, the Last Jedi. Oh, okay. Why do you like the Last Jedi? Uh, great. <laughs> <right. laughs> uh, I. Uh, I just I that's a movie I connected with immediately. Um, okay. I I like I I was a big fan of Looper uh, as a teenager. Oh, okay. Um, and so I was very excited, but also very worried about it. Uh, Are you going a in. Knives Out fan then as well? I the I Ryan did like Johnson Knives guy? Out. Okay. Yeah, I I like his stuff mostly. Um, I think everything I would say I really like. Uh, Brothers Bloom is okay. That's um, one I'm yet to see. Uh, Brick is great. Um, yeah, Brick's and awesome. I, and Last Jedi, I enjoyed as well. So, yeah, that's that's one I get asked about. Where you know, I go to work and I'm talking with people, and they're like, you know, I go, they're talking about Star Wars movies or whatever, and I'm like, ah, I actually like that one. And they're like, How? <laughs> like, what, <laughs> what do you mean how? I enjoyed it. I'm like, I thought it was fun. I, 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 th- I think it's a good movie, and I, I connected with the message of it. It was one of those where I just, you know, I had a great time in the movie theater, and mm-hmm. it was it was just really, really great. And I've watched it a lot of times. I think that's maybe my most watched movie since I've been on Letterboxd. And there's so many good theater moments in that, from, you know, Space Leia to the uh, the silenced, uh, what is it, the Destroyer oh, or whatever, getting oh, yeah. uh, sliced in half. Yeah, some good stuff in that movie, for sure. Yeah, when, when Ray and Kylo Ren teamed up, I, I didn't know the oh, movie yeah. was going to be the, controversial, uh, the... mm-hmm. you know? Uh, our theater exploded when that stuff happened, so I just assumed that everybody liked it. <laughs> nitpickers but. on the internet are just not into uh you know milking and stuff on the island oh so. yeah oh yeah that was that was another powerful moment <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite best picture winner do you even care about the oscars uh i i like the oscars i think uh to watch them not necessarily because i think that they're high quality uh i enjoy watching them and i think it's nice that there's a big industry award and you know filmmakers can get recognized um let me see did uh did bridge on the river kwai win best picture it did yeah 50s, that, that would be my favorite. that would be my favorite if, okay. if one best picture yeah uh obi-wan kenobi um yeah alec guinness uh, yeah alec guinness thank you <laughs> yeah that's how they got me in the door on that one okay. i was like okay world war ii little mm-hmm. boring to me as a teen but i was like i'll give it a shot and now i'm you know that's i'm a big fan cool would you rather watch a big action blockbuster right now or a mind-bending art house flick uh, uh art house movie i think okay i generally tend to lean that way although the 
Blockbuster reprieve is, is nice occasionally. Usually whenever I watch stuff with the boys, um, go that direction. But yeah, I don't really have anyone to watch art house movies with usually. So it's usually, yeah, anyways. Yeah, my, my wife has watched almost almost every movie that I have watched on and reviewed on Letterboxd. So all oh, wow, 1,000. Cool. She's watched basically all of them with me, if not oh, maybe is... 90, 90%. Sounds like you might have uh, met your soulmate there. No, for sure. Well, and she's an engineer. She doesn't. She Ooh. hadn't even seen, like, she hadn't seen a single rated R movie, mm-hmm. like before we started dating. Oh, wow. um, so I, I almost immediately was like, okay, we're gonna watch No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, <laughs> you know, just ease her into it. <laughs> and uh, we went to go see Shape of Water. I think was the first movie that she saw. Another okay. Best Picture winner. Okay. Um, yep. In theaters first to. Uh, r-rated movie but now she's seen you know a good maybe half of the quantity that i've seen um but i also like blockbusters so i like all kinds of stuff Uh, usually my my wife only watch her her old favorites like i'll pop in like greatest showman and that'll put put her smile on her face but usually just tv for her unfortunately yeah i also watch a lot of tv um, okay. I don't know if you can tell by my profile picture on Letterboxd, but uh, uh, I like Star, Star Trek, yeah. Oh, yeah, we forgot to talk about the profile picture. So are you, like, into cosplay, or are you just, like, super good at Photoshop? What, what's what's the... No, so I... Uh, there's kind of a long story of why I actually have that costume. So I, I don't cosplay at all. Uh, okay. I, I, I just thought... We took... We did a photo shoot at my house when we were taking pictures of my baby when he, mm-hmm. you know, when he was born. Uh, a little bit after that, obviously. Um, and we had the camera out and we had stuff out. And I was like, hey, I think I have a Star Trek costume that I had bought for Halloween, maybe. Uh, no, I actually bought it for a simulator thing that they do where you all, you know, pretend to be on the Enterprise. I got invited to this by a family member. It was not my idea. But uh, we went and did the simulator thing you know you everybody gets a crew station and everything and i had purchased the costume because i thought it would be funny uh but didn't end up wearing it i i chickened out so nobody wore costumes but i wore it for my profile picture and did a uh my mom says that i look in the profile picture like the bad guy from ghostbusters 2 oh, uh, the okay that guy vigo oh, oh vigo <laughs> yeah, the, the the painting, and uh, oh whatever, I don't mind. I'm like I just thought it was funny. Very cool. All right, movie you would not want to rewatch, uh, except for uh, not not including Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, well maybe eventually I'll rewatch that, but I don't know if I want to go through um, Grave of the Fireflies again. Oh yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, that one's a bit of a that was a bit of a bit of a hard one i really liked it i think it was good but i i'm not ready to rewatch that one mm. yeah, favorite christmas heavy. flick favorite christmas movie like are we talking uh like christmas christmas movies or movies that take place on christmas am i allowed to cheat yeah it's up for interpretation uh brazil terry gilliam brazil I guess that does take place during the holidays. I, I, yeah, yeah it just dawned Santa, on me. Santa, Cla- <laughs> Santa Claus is in it for uh-huh. a second. Yeah, that's that's it. Uh, traditional Christmas movies, I 
I guess I like not an entire movie, but I like the saucer pan sledding from Christmas Vacation a lot. Okay. That scene where he shoots off like a rocket. Uh, that's mm-hmm. I, I like that one. <laughs> Ends up in the Walmart parking lot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Um, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but you're into Criterion, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, some of your faves of um, that uh, that company and thoughts on, on them? How'd you come to them and maybe your first purchase, that kind of stuff? Um, well, the first movie that I purchased of theirs was Mishima Life in Four Chapters. Um, okay. Paul Schrader. Yep. And I got that with M. Uh, and uh, so I got two. Prince Lang. Yeah, good stuff, too, yep. there. Yeah, it's a, they're they're both. I really like both of those movies, um, mm-hmm. but I think I found them. I don't rem, I don't remember, but I. I think it was when I was um, when I bought those, I looked them up because those were at like a Barnes and Noble or something in the back. Right. They had a whole section of them mm-hmm. and uh, which when I went into that section, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is I found my people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I found my... Gosh, I miss having one of those near my near, near me. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I uh, then I I got this subscription and uh, I love it. I really like the uh, the way that it's curated. The Criterion uh, Channel. Yeah. Okay. That they have like you know they have extras and all kinds of stuff on the streaming service and I I really like it because I I have even just sort of done like roulette and just picked a random movie and mm-hmm. had it come out great so i should do that more often i've been trudging through in spine order and i'm going way way too slow <laughs> but, oh um, man i've seen quite a few yeah. of them though as when i was dancing around and then you right uh, yeah i always get a little happy inside whenever i see the announcements and it's something i've seen i was like oh yes i get to add the little criteria number to the top of that review <laughs> right right you're like oh thank goodness yeah Thank goodness Main of the streets, rock. On, uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Michael Bay. He has a couple movies on there. Uh, last movie you recall hating? Last movie I recall hating. Um, I think the last movie that i really didn't like was the movie victor frankenstein with uh oh is that James the action McAvoy. oh okay that one uh, okay daniel radcliffe oh. uh, i just thought it was stupid <laughs> <laughs> i i i was not a fan watching that it was actually kind of a surprise how bad it was i oh. it looked like it was going to be kind of you know they're trying to tumbler uh you know make them sexy do a little bit of queer baiting uh oh. you know how they how they sort of a mark gatiss thing or like the guys who do sherlock i think it mm-hmm. actually they might have been involved in that actually but um, okay. but yeah i just it was it was also exceptionally gross for what it is it's it there's a part where he siphons pus out of yeah. igor's like shoulder hump <laughs> and it gets in his mouth and he like spits it out because he's trying to fix his back and it's like is that a comedy what i know it's it's <laughs> I... <laughs> no i don't i don't know how i would describe it it's like a they're trying to do like a romantic thriller slash uh 
almost like a YA novel type of vibe. It's a it's a weird one. There's comedy elements, but it takes itself seriously most of the time. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know what I don't. Even, I just didn't like it. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> no, sir, I didn't like it. Yeah. All right. Do you like uh? Do you, oh okay, and this kind of feeds into El Topo a little bit. Uh, do you like to look into movies that you don't understand, like? Maybe watch like some YouTube videos, some wiki analysis, or you just kind of take it as take it as it is and move on. So I used to be way more into looking into the sort of you know, I remember walking out of Inception as a mm-hmm. when I was you know thirteen as a young lad, yeah, <laughs> yeah, as a young lad. I mean, like I'm, I want to look up stuff about this movie. I, what you know, what does this mean? What at the the top at the end? You know, but. I've kind of moved away from that over time, although with this movie that we that we watched with El Topo, I I did do a little bit of digging because I was really mm-hmm. curious about it. Um, it's a weird yeah. one, so I I I did look into it a little bit, and I do that every once in a while. If the movie is something like I want to look up on the production side, how something was achieved, or um, you know what what they were thinking, what the intent was. Uh, that that sort of thing interests me a little bit more than theorizing necessarily about plot elements, I guess. One of the neat things I've noticed from, you know, reviewing so many movies is you kind of get like used to like cracking these things sometimes. Right. <laughs> and sometimes I can like kind of see through it. I'm like, oh, OK, I kind of follow what they're getting through here. And it's just because I've practiced so many, so much with so many other weird films. So, uh, yeah, you kind of uh, get in that groove. And I mean, there's someone's inspiration going around. So. Yeah, sometimes you run into repeated elements. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so too. There's, you know, watching a movie with my mom is a very different experience from watching a movie by myself because you know my mom's always like, "Was I supposed to know who they were? Am I supposed to know who this is? What's you know what's going on?" And she's oh, yeah. seen a lot of movies, and she's you know she's not media illiterate or anything, but <laughs> uh, I think it is. There's a little bit of anticipation to that, a little bit of sort of literal. Um, that, and that that's really common, right? That's not like a weird thing at all. I I think, you know, there's a conventional way of watching movies and there's a academic way of watching movies. And I think mm. not everybody has to be into that, but um, like it's every, you know, everybody's entitled to just watch movies how they want. But Absolutely. I like to, you know, I like to study it a little bit. Yeah, and... For me, Letterbox has always been about cataloging, like, and especially now that I'm getting into my 40s, it's just like, uh, what did I watch last month? Oh, oh, and that's what I, what I thought of it. Very cool. So yeah, I, I like having this like kind of diary of all this stuff because it's it's a lot. I think I've reviewed 2,000 something films. So yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. I uh, and and they're all I. It's it's insane the the quality to quantity on those reviews i mean not to you know i'm not trying to butter you up or anything but uh <laughs> i think uh it's it's kind of impressive because i feel like a lot of the time i'm like i'm i'm tired but i want to mm-hmm. review this but it's 2 a.m and i'm gonna <laughs> phone it in a little bit and no one's gonna see it so it's not a big deal but um yeah i uh it's 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 crazy watching a lot of movies and just seeing like mm-hmm. I can go with my wife and be like, what were we doing this day of the year? Mm-hmm. And I oh, look yeah, back so and I remember watch, the yeah. movie and I'm like, okay, well we did this. And what did we watch last year on Christmas? What did we watch mm-hmm. last year on Halloween? What did, you know, yeah, and it's, really it's kind cool of fun to do, to do that. that. 
Oh, yeah. for sure. All right, let's get into our feature here. El Topo, or as I understand, The Mole, is a 1970 uh, Mexican acid western film written, scored, directed, starring Alejandro Jodorowsky. <laughs> it's Alejandro, uh, and I think in Spanish they say Jodorowsky. Okay, but yeah, that sounds right. I had a, but it's, uh, I think in English most people say Jodorowsky. Uh, the documentary mm-hmm. was no help. his dune documentary nobody pronounced it the same the whole time i was like i i walked out of it i'm like i i don't know how to say this guy's name (laughs) that's funny to see that all right so characterized by its bizarre characters and occurrences uses of maimed and dwarfed performers and heavy doses of judeo-christian symbolism and eastern philosophy the film is about el topo a violent black clad gunfighter played by hirowski and his quest for enlightenment I guess. <laughs> so did you watch this in uh, Spanish or uh, English? So I watched it in Spanish. Uh, okay. I, I speak Spanish, actually. Oh, okay, um, cool. And uh, so, I mean, I speak okay, but I understand it really well. And so I watched it in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, I, is there an, there's an English dub? I, I wasn't aware of that. Is there? Yeah, I, yeah, I try. I, I found one and um, it, the, I pulled up the subtitles English and it didn't quite match, but um, yeah, it was it was it was not, with a movie this weird. It was kind of glad that it was dubbed because I mean this is what an Italian production, so everything was dubbed back then. So, oh for sure, yeah, it's definitely weird. So uh, <laughs> I think anything to to help can uh, you know help ease it a little bit. And, re- and I did have subtitles on um, as well, just in case, you know. Okay. Here's some fun facts about the film. So, um, so I guess it was discovered by John Lennon and Yoko Ono, who helped um, like promote the film and get it produced. Um, not get it produced, but distributed. Um, other big fans of the film include David Lynch, Samuel Fuller, uh, Peter Fonda, Dennis Hopper, Bob Dylan, Marilyn Manson, and Peter Gabriel. So, big fan club. Interesting. Um, I think he wanted to he wanted to cast the Beatles in Holy Mountain, but I guess uh. Lennon wasn't into showing his butt or something, and so they passed, and unfortunate for Horowski <laughs> there. That's amazing. I, lo- I love that. Lennon's like, I'm out. But did, wait, <laughs> didn't John Lennon do that movie where he's fully naked? I feel like there's uh, like a video where he's like fully naked, and it shows he's like huh. fully nude that he and Yoko did. I couldn't say for what sure. A hip- what a hypocrite. Just kidding. <laughs> Um, I, one of the notes here was um, he's actually ashamed that he uh, forced his son to play be in the movie. Uh, uh, so, kind of interesting. That's, sounds, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> First released as an underground film, thanks to John and uh, the film acquired worldwide distribution. Um, after decades of speculation, a sequel to the film titled The Son of El Topo was finally released as a graphic novel. Uh, this was Mexico's official selection as best foreign language film um, in the 44th Academy Awards. And then the last one, uh, the title of the movie and the main character's name is a metaphor for the underground cinema of the 60s, which actually kind of sheds a lot of light on what we're watching here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All yeah, right. So any opening uh, comments from you before I jump into my notes here? Well, at least, at least we didn't pick anything too weird. <laughs> <For this. laughs> yeah um 
yeah, I saw those recommendations. And it's like, oh man, I have, I've had Rebel on the, with a cause on my uh, list for the longest time. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'll Topo too. And yeah, I was pretty surprised El Topo came back, but happy at the same time because this is it's good stuff. Yeah, I've been following uh, Jodorowsky on, online for a, a long time because uh, he's got an Instagram and a Twitter that okay. he's active on. And Ooh. they are hilarious. They're both very funny. He's a weird man, <laughs> uh, and you can see that in the movie. But uh, what what uh, what other movies have you seen from Hodorowski? This is my first of his oh, uh, wow. directed movies. Yeah, so I've been meaning to to watch an actual mm-hmm. movie that he's done for a while because I mostly know him by reputation, okay. uh, and also from the documentary on his Dune movie that I've yeah looked into a lot and the production of it and stuff because but i actually had never gotten around to watching one of his movies so you're not sure why i put this off so long i enjoyed the holy mountain but i guess there's just some something about the mystery behind an acid western and a little naked boy in the in the desert that was just like eh, maybe tomorrow yeah <laughs> so. right right yeah, and um, i guess i could watch holy mountain but yeah Ooh, some of my uh i get I, I, there is a lot of connections here to Holy Mountain, so hopefully I won't spoil anything here. So, um, no, that's okay. Let's see. Uh, yeah, this one's uh, it, very similar structurally to Holy Mountain in some ways, um, although this one's a little bit more grounded since it's actually in this like real um, Western genre with um, like right. towns and stuff. Even though a lot of the acts they're getting into is kind of extreme. Um, any initial impressions on it? Um. Yeah, I, I so I re- I really enjoyed it. Um, I I mean enjoyed uh, is I don't know if that's relative. quite the word, but <laughs> yeah, it's relative. I, but I really I thought it was good. Like it was it was very technically impressive. Yo, for sure. Uh, but it's also I was it was a very engaging watch. Uh, sometimes for worse, but mostly I thought for better. Um, I was very locked in on this one. And your wife watched this as well, or? She watched the first 10 minutes, <laughs> and then I moved rooms. Uh, she was like, I don't know about this one. Yeah, uh, I can see so, that. Yeah, right around with the blood, uh, where they're walking through all the corpses, and it's oh, covered yeah, in that, blood everywhere. Yeah, that's quite the massacre. <laughs> yeah, that's right Right around then. It's pretty early. I don't even know if she made it 10 minutes, but that was about that was about it. Yeah, all I really knew about this was that iconic shot of uh, like El Topo on the the horse with um, he's all dressed in black. He has a black umbrella with this uh, nude kid on there. So yeah, pretty much all I knew. So didn't know what to expect. Actually, the first part was kind of what I was getting into, but then the second half like really changed directions. For sure. Um, wild how the on-screen text had like these like color animal pictures with like diagonal text. It just from a film that was like didn't even know if anybody was going to see it he 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 certainly pumped a lot into it (laughs) yeah he went balls to the wall on the intro sequence it was really it it was surprising to me as well it's almost like a a collage and the like Mm -hmm. right from the yeah the title text it's like blue like bright blue it's a lot of uh i would say unexpected things in this movie where they oh for sure purposefully pivot away from i guess what would be normal or conventional and that like right from the beginning i was like okay all right this is gonna be one of these movies because i also only had seen the like just like you where it was like a guy with the maybe with the umbrella 
in the mm-hmm. desert with the little kid naked. That's all I knew. Also, mm-hmm. so okay. Yeah, such striking imagery throughout, from like the beautiful landscapes to like, yeah, even that first like massacre scene. You got a pool of blood. You got an impaled lady. You got a church full of hanging bodies. You got gutted animals. You got huge puddles full of blood. Yeah, it's, it definitely makes a statement. And then all of a sudden, we go to this really quirky song and a guy playing with high heels. That's yeah, I actually for you. So I took a I took a few notes on here and let me see what I had okay. I said about that. I think I said something along the lines of, "Wow, this is very chipper for what just happened." <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, then a guy, I guess, he, mm-hmm. eating a, a banana, perhaps on a I think he sticks it on a cactus and like slices it with a sword or some bizarreness. So yeah, this is a little gang of outlaws that uh, El Topo shows the business to. Um, some of the other odd things they're doing is one of the guy makes a huge woman out of beans on the rock on a rock and like grinds on her. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Go yeah, ahead. that was pretty great. I I <laughs> I I find that I I had it noted as well. I was like, I want to cut a banana with a sword like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, how much uh, stick it right in a sugar cane and try and chop it up with like a scabbard. And it would not work. I was like, I don't think they could actually get me to do that. But oh, I guess that would. Have, what you, so you're thinking that was sugarcane or a cactus? Uh, I maybe it's a maybe it's a cactus. I I don't quite remember, but it was a you know big uh, green tall mm-hmm. thing, and he exactly. sticks the banana in it, and cuts it up. But uh, good, good definitely <laughs> uh, definitely one of the movie's many 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 uh, I think phallic sort of sexual oh, uh, yeah. symbols in the movie a lot of them yeah um, that's that's a good point didn't even get get to the phallic thoughts yet <laughs> <laughs> right right well they get into it pretty quick after that right yeah love yeah. the um the scenery i'm not sure where they shot this but it, it it's probably in italy somewhere i'd imagine kind of in the spaghetti western genre um yeah. the deflating balloon draw <laughs> yeah yeah that was great like, what is going on then? here I I don't know. <laughs> it looked so pretty the, modern and even like the girl after like he takes a, he takes the girl or whatever when they go on the little gun shooter quest like she's dressed very like 70s-ish so that was kind of a little jarring on a rewatch. Yeah, um, when and I was a lot of the guns were anachronistic as well. Definitely. Okay. Like a lot of the weaponry was uh, not typical I think of that era. Okay. Um, some like almost World War One type of you know, machine guns or early World War Two uh, guns that I don't know would be around in whatever Wild West this is. Um, so there was just a lot of that where I was like, okay, this is anachronistic on purpose, right? <laughs> like, they're, right. Oh, they're yeah. doing, I, yeah, they're doing, they're doing it as a statement. It's all uh, symbols. And it was really so, neat so. how like the violence was intense, like a peck and paw kind of movie, but it would often like kind of cut away just in time or. It was, it was very weird, sudden cutting, but um, it still got the intensity across nonetheless. Yeah, well, right in the um, right before they do the chipper music, I have it noted here. It's right after the little boy does assisted suicide on that guy uh, who's dying. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he hand, you know, El Topo hands his son the revolver and has him has him shoot the guy, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was I thought was. Uh, I wasn't sure what to make of it necessarily symbolically, but I definitely was like, that is a striking uh, thought. That is an interesting idea. <laughs> hand, hand your kid the gun and have him shoot someone. Oof. Um, 
So I was going to mention, so I'm jumping forward to the part where like the, the lady goes and checks on like the general guy and they're like in this like cone shaped kind of building. And oh, um, yeah. whenever you see Holy Mountain, you'll like, there's a, a lot of time Yodorowsky likes to put like important people in very tall rooms. So, um, and kind of have this kind of fisheye lens kind of look to it. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, definitely some of that style carries over into Holy Mountain and it's a really cool look. Um, especially for kind of introducing somebody with like, you know, this ominous presence to them. Right. And they do that a few times, right? With the, where the edges are blurred mm -hmm. on the screen, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I do recall one shot st sticking there for a second. I just kind of noticed a little fuzziness okay. off to the side. Um, so El Topo comes and saves that woman just as the men are about to exploit her. Uh, the channel ends up getting his junk cut off and, he doesn't want to live after that, so he blows his head off. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, El Topo takes the woman and leaves his son with the monks. Um, didn't your I think your uh, your review commented a little bit on poor father uh, parenting choices. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, well, that might have been colored a little bit as well from the documentary about Dune because oh. he. I think it's the same kid. Uh, his son, Brontus. Uh, who he wanted to play Paul Atreides in the Dune film that he was making. Okay. And so they did like intense physical training for a long time uh, that was pretty brutal. And I think their relationship was pretty uh, – it wasn't great uh, after mm -hmm. that. But um, it, it, uh, that movie never got made also. Mm -hmm. So he did a bunch of work and then the movie never actually shot anything. So. Wow. Uh, but yeah, he leaves the leaves the naked boy with the priest, and he's no longer naked, right? He's in his yep. little robe. Yeah. Yep. Gotta love uh, El Topo perched on a cliff playing that little fife of his. Those were some charming yeah. scenes. Pretty as well. Um, yeah. Then we get in a little religious uh, imagery here. As uh, so, he takes the girl to the water, and she says it's bitter. And then there's some like. Do you recall what the name was? It was like Mara or Mary or yeah, something. Yeah, that's it. Mara. Yeah. That's um, it. Causes the water to be sweet. And I guess that's a, an allegory to the Hebrews in the desert. And I, that's some yeah, of that going a, on in the next there's coming a scenes. Lot of, there's a lot of biblical allusion in this. Uh, mm -hmm. Like a the whole the whole movie, <laughs> you know, is just nonstop uh, Christian imagery and, and, and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, that part. And there's a lot of... Um, like references to Moses in particular, like when he's touching the rocks and uh, the water coming out of the rock. And I think they even mm -hmm. mentioned that because there's a big titles thing that says Genesis right before that. Right. Oh, was it? Yeah. I do remember yeah. the title sequences kind of like a Lars movie. Um, let's see. So yeah, El Topo has faith. Oh, so what I gather from the wiki is so yeah, because he has faith, he's able to conjure these eggs from the sand and water from rocks. <laughs> but apparently him raping this girl is, was what gives her faith too. So, I don't know so about that. I, um, so when I did a little bit of digging on this okay. movie, cause I was very curious about the, uh, the, the sexual assaults or, okay. Yeah. The sexual assault sequence. Cause I, you know, there's a lot of, uh, he did an interview like a long time ago where I think he said, he claimed that he, that it was, he really raped her when he was in the seventies where he was like, yes, I really did that. Um, mm -hmm. But he's since said that that's not true, that he was just saying that to get buzz for the movie. 
mm-hmm. um, sort of like I guess Cannibal Holocaust kind of did a little bit of that. Different era. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, crazy. Um, you know, and and either way, it's it's a provocative scene. But mm-hmm. uh, I found this. I think it's an interview. I'm not sure what it is, uh, but it it includes essentially the entire movie's uh, plot, beat for beat, almost script of it with quotes by the director kind of going through every single bit of imagery on the movie, which is really weird because, you know, you'd think that it would be sort of uh, left up to interpretation, but he goes through a lot of them. And in the case of the rock that shoots water, I dude, I need to read you this quote. This is a crazy, this was insane. I was reading this. I'm like, ah, this is, I almost can't believe this. Okay. He says, this is going to be, it's a little explicit. It's explicit. Oh, I hope it doesn't have to do with ejaculation. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it does not say that. But, okay. well, he does say that later. He does say that later. Of course but he, he does. says, this stone is an exact replica of my own phallus. Thick, not very long, but with a voluminous head. That's how I am. That's how the rock is. That's El Topo's sex. That He said that. That is a quote by the man. Isn't he carry? There's a few scenes where he's carrying around a little rock too, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it's wow. it's weird. I was like, whoa! Reading that quote, I'm like, I did not know that when I watched the movie. Uh. There's obviously it looks, you know, that shoots water and everything. It's a whole whole thing. But I, mm-hmm. you know, I found it interesting the way that the movie portrays him in particular. It's he's his character's really. Um, really strange and an enigma and when i was watching it it's i was passive like, i would say right yeah the story happens around him and to him and he, he acts th- by early in the movie he acts by killing essentially mm-hmm. is the only thing he does it seems like killing and raping and that sort of thing mm-hmm. um but it's it's also sort of it's interesting because he says at the beginning right he says he's god Right. He's like, I'm God. And I think some people from what I saw in the letterbox reviews think that that's him being vain and talking about like, you know, he created this, he created the movie, like it's his big ego. Okay. But I kind of was, I kind of was thinking about it as more of a, it's sort of a negative scene. It's sort of a, he's not, it's not a heroic moment, uh, you know, for him. So I just, it's a lot of interesting reckoning with the old Testament. Uh, with the Bible because okay. it's a weird it's a weird book and a lot of the stuff in this is not that different from kind of the weird crap that happens in in the Bible so yeah these like ruthless like you know townships that like massacre people and yeah I can kind of buy, see what you're getting at there right um <laughs> the scene where they both wake up all covered in sand I'm sure Anakin wouldn't have been too keen on that right and uh I actually just I'm not gonna do this through the whole movie but I do have it. I was reading the quote, but uh, from earlier, right underneath it, it says, with their faces protected with a piece of cloth uh, in the sand, they're reminiscent of covered faces we've seen in Persian engravings of Muhammad. So that was his, it was sort of an Islamic image uh, that they were uh, looking at for that, which is, I don't know if that says anything, but it definitely is interesting that he's taking from uh, he's taking from all over, from religious mm-hmm. iconography, from 
all over the world and and different sects and everything for this um which is interesting because i'm pretty sure he's catholic but probably makes, makes yeah, sense. i mean i it seems like but so from the what i gather from the wiki each of the gunfighter represents kind of a different religion not sure i didn't really piece all that together but um it's and and to get to each one they have to go in apparently a spiral pattern and there's a whole section of the holy mountain where they're like they're visiting different like planets which is very similar to this structurally so uh oh interesting to watch out for all right That's so the that. first guy is oh, oh um the no, first no, guy no, is yeah. this uh this meditating monk who is able to withstand bullets um yeah i guess <laughs> He uh, says, oh, I can't defeat him. But then the girl's like, you can trick him or whatever. And so he ends up getting him to, um... oh, I love the shot of him uh, dipping down in the water and his hat still floating on top. That was good stuff. That was great. I really like that. Yeah. Now that you mention it. <laughs> Braiding hair with toes. Now that's a talent. Um... There's a lot of toes in this movie. He's really given Tarantino a run for his money on this one. I, I felt <laughs> like there's there's feet Touché. all over this thing. <laughs> Feet and boobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Lord. Let's see here. Um, notice this time how the female version of El Topo, the female gunfighter, is kind of like trailing them and off in the distance and then kind of flirting and she's kind of all over the place. So very telegraphed that he's going to end up as a third wheel here. Um, right. I, I kind of did a little bit of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not much of a philosopher or much of a semiotics a guy uh in terms of you know watching movies but i did a little bit of i did a little bit of theorizing and thinking about it um okay. on this one and i kind of was looking at it as if we take the the mole the el topo's sort of statement that he's god literally mm -hmm. uh, i think i would look at the woman that he's with as perhaps like people as humans as us you know and then mm -hmm. the other girl as potentially like maybe the devil uh i could have been misreading that a little bit but i definitely saw a little bit of like christianity and other sect versus other sects i guess in this like he goes and kills a guy who's kind of like a i don't know he the first guy's kind of like a monk Mm -hmm. uh, maybe like an Eastern sort of thing. And then, mm -hmm. uh, there's some that are more scientific and, and maybe one of them was Judaism. Maybe, uh, the fourth one I thought was maybe no belief at all, like atheistic perhaps. Mm, um, okay. but anyway, I know that's like a bit of a reading into the movie, but I think I, that was something I felt as I watched it where I was like, this could be sort of a, statement on christianity and its sort of struggle to mm -hmm. uh, become the biggest religion in the world okay. uh and then that leads into the second half of the movie where it sort of struggles um, i'm kind of batting around this idea of him being god in my mind because i mean with it being called the mole it's like i mean i, I imagine an animal and it, and it does kind of like he pokes his head up and he's like oh well, there's a gang let me Go take care of him, and then later on he pokes up, you know, from the the tunnel full of cripples, and you know some other work to be done. So it's always yeah. kind of poking up occasionally to do some work, you know, somewhat deity like. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So he tricks the uh, the first guy into falling in a hole and uh, guns down all his crippled minions. Um, yep. 
pretty savage. So uh, let's see. She hangs out with the female uh, Topo, followed by um, some sand sex. And I think she took something off her tongue at one point. That kind of seemed like a little, maybe some acid or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I watched it, too. I was like, oh, is this sort of like a LSD thing? Like they're doing little pills or edibles or something. I have it written down for that scene. I put the note. This movie is urinary tract infection central station. <laughs> and I was Gosh. like, they're just naked in the sand and in the nasty like water. And uh, I was like, this is not a good. Uh, this is everybody needs a shower after this movie. So then the next guy, I really liked like the setting he was in because it was like this like sand thing, and there's like some streams going around it. But this guy, so he's kind of dressed like a Russian with these this like big coat and hat and um. Let's see here. He had a lion behind him and he, so he had a hard touch with like forming copper, but he has a soft, no, hard hands, but a soft touch because he like builds these like geometric shape things. Um, not sure where they were going at at all there. <laughs> Any yeah, thoughts it's... on geometry guy? <laughs> uh, it's, I don't know. That was the one where I was thinking like, maybe this is supposed to represent science. Um, hmm. and supposed to represent like human advancement even maybe. Okay. Uh, but I, I mean, I'm, I was kind of yeah. shooting in the dark through the whole movie, you know, just like, 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 you know, enough. like I don't know what to make of this stuff. I'm like, you know, and it's, it's, there's so much symbolism, you know, it's mm-hmm. like rapid fire. Everything's a symbol. Like even the kid being naked is like, that's obviously something hmm. I'm like, I don't Good know point. if it's intentional, but, uh, or, or just he's wanted to be weird um but even just browsing through this little thing it's like it seems like all these were kind of thought out which is was a little surprising Hmm. so he gets one up on him because he like sets out these like shards and his lady friend cuts her feet and so he gets the drop on them and then she's all about the weird animal noises whatever that was about Yeah, well, and also the other lady has a has a man's voice, right? Like, at least in the Spanish version uh, oh. that I watched, uh, not the lady that's with him, but the other sort of El Topo woman okay. uh, was dubbed with a with a man's voice, like oh. a very deep man's voice on my version, which I thought oh, was wow. strange. Uh, yeah. So I don't know, uh, I don't know if that was just a quirk of the version I watched, but it was definitely. Uh, something where all the, a lot of the characters had voices that didn't make sense hmm. like that. So that was, that was interesting in that, in that this whole sequence. Cool observation. We get the scene where the, uh, the lady version of El Topo whips the heck out of the girl and then they decide to make out with the blood. Yummy. Yeah. Um, next we get the bunny guy, uh, sweet aerial shot of that uh, the pool in the middle and the dead bunnies all around him and yeah. you're about to face off. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the the amount of red in this movie was very mm-hmm. striking to me. I was like, wow, this guy likes this guy likes bright red. Uh, he's he's into this color. And it's not as like fake as like giallo. Like it's similar to giallo red, but maybe a little bit more toned down. I thought it was yeah very effective. Didn't look fake. Which was nice. Yeah, and a lot of the sequences, I was surprised at how well they were able to do the squibs uh, and the blood. Uh, like a guy gets shot and it kind of goes into the water, and it's still kind of you know candy red, but it mm-hmm. it looked 
it looked believable. It was it was really cool, uh, just visually and and technologically that they they were they did a lot of good work on this movie. I think for how weird it is. So from uh, over slicing bananas to the very erotic fruit scene. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah. Very, very gooey, sticky, licky. Oh gosh, you yeah, got the finger yeah. going in and out of it. I'm like, mm. I know. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> uh, the whole movie's filled with stuff like that. Where I was like, mm-hmm. you know, in the lead up to doing the the podcast with you, I was like, oh man, this is uh, you know, how, like I'm watching the movie and I'm like, okay, all right, horny this, stuff. we signed up for some, <laughs> we signed up for some heavy sexual material on this one. Yeah, no, no doubt. At least it's it's done mostly quirky, and we're not too yeah uh, depraved, you know, like sexual assault stuff. Anyways, um, yeah, yeah. So the last guy, yeah, he doesn't even care, and ends up like killing himself. He was kind of like a uh, he had like braided gray hair, and you were the one that thinks he might have been like has kind of given up on religion, maybe, huh? Yeah, that's kind of what my reading was of it. Maybe is that there's a guy who. Uh, you know there's like this he's a if he's a god and that guy doesn't really care mm-hmm. you know he doesn't have power over him um in some way maybe um and so that's kind of and he just sort of ends his own life he just he leaves and mm-hmm. i can't remember how he kills himself he shoots himself in the gut oh that's right in the gut yeah and he quickly um el topo like revisits the other bodies and he sees that like the bunnies are like on fire and there's this one guy who's like covered in um honeycomb and like egg maybe um yeah he goes crazy on that honeycomb yeah that was kind of reminding me i think there's in there a passage in the whole hebrew story about like they're trying to find them the land of milk and honey and i was definitely thinking the honeycomb was related to like you know finding like um salvation in the desert kind of thing yeah yeah i i because that kind of ties in again at the end yeah bees and honey are a big motif in the and actually like a lot of religious texts um so that's that i i definitely was like yes there's a religious significance to this but i wasn't (laughs) quite sure what it what it was at the time el topo crosses a bridge and the woman and um but yeah the gunfighter yeah he gets he gets taken down and uh, they, they ride off without him. So so much for uh, conquering all these gunfighters. He just gets left there to uh, yeah get um, collected up by the cripples and dragged back to the cave of um, where what do we want to call it? The cave of stuck cripples. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Disabled a little people maybe. Yeah. Uh, he kind of remember reminded me of like the leper island from um, or the leper pit the leper pit from Ben Hur a little bit yeah yeah it definitely is a it's funny to me i i was thinking like this looks like a star trek set or something mm-hmm. like or like uh <laughs> you know it's, it's of that era where i was yeah. like this is definitely a uh a cave <laughs> um they know what to very... think of is his blonde fro once he comes to which i guess is several years later according to the wiki yeah i i'm I I thought he died and came back is what was happening. That's at least what oh. I when I was watching it I was like okay so this is that maybe a resurrection too. resurrection <laughs> thing. Um, reminded me a lot of I guess he he looked like European depictions of Jesus uh, from that time a little bit with the blondness I think, oh. uh, 
which I, I kind of was thinking a little bit, but I don't know. Match, because he was in kind of like the white uh, diaper kind of looking thing, so that, that lines up. Yeah, or like uh, the Anoan with Resurrection, Jesus was in like a, you know, tomb thing, and mm-hmm. uh, but then they but then they shave, uh, or after they suck on a big bug, right? Don't they? Oh yeah, which is apparently uh, the biggest beetle in the world. Like well, that was one another one of the fun facts that I skipped <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't look like he enjoyed sucking the the guts out of that bug at all. Yeah, was, I don't know what to make of that either. Um, except maybe. Uh, Maybe, hungry, you know, you eat. <laughs> John the Baptist ate bugs, I guess, oh, okay. in the wilderness or whatever. So maybe that's hmm. something. I don't know. Perhaps. Uh, he hooks up with the, the little person. Uh, so she's yep. his uh, a more more faithful uh, female companion now. Um, so, yeah, they, he finds out that they're all stuck in this hole and that they need to go to the uh, local town in order to, um, or the, the handicapped folks want to rejoin the town, right? And they got to find a way out of there because they got trapped. Yeah, I think that's the idea uh, at first, at least, right? Is that they would just want to see what's out there. That kind of reminded me of the Plato cave, the Plato's oh, okay. allegory of the cave. Nice. Um, yeah. So this town has been taken over by a cult <laughs> with this seeing, uh, this the all-seeing eye logo. Um, yeah, most people have... Uh, yeah, this movie has no problem like gunning down anyone and everyone and just line them up and shoot them. <laughs> right. Not a problem in this movie. Um, I got to kick out a little wife. Always like was like tapping on him. He's like wanted to be lifted up so she could help too. Like right. washing the windows. Yeah, um, they're doing like a Three Stooges routine almost. They're doing like a you know that that's kind of a you know they're doing kind of gags to beg for money mm-hmm. so raise money rap. Mm-hmm. yeah doing jokes and and trying to get dynamite to blow up the entrance to the cave mm-hmm. um, which i thought was interesting because this movie to me at least was filled with moments of like humiliation for characters like right sure. from the beginning they do the whole thing where all the priests get you know uh, they're naked and they you know put blood on their butts and ride them around like horses and all that kind of oh, thing yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um they do there's a lot of stuff where the characters are being dehumanized the woman, yeah dehumanized and humiliated which in and of itself is a religious thing in a lot of ways um like that yeah. sort of uh shame and humiliation kind of goes hand in hand a lot of times with with religion and so i thought this was a completely different type uh this was a you know just a they went through all kinds of different uh, things with each of these characters. And even the choice to have people who are disabled um, or missing legs or it's Mm -hmm. just, it's such a, is it like that in Holy Mountain? I think he did have like a knack for like, like, yeah, he would include a lot of different kinds of um, extras and so forth. So yeah, I think that is a common trait in his filmmaking, although I don't specifically remember that. Uh, I wonder what the, what the reasoning is for that. Cause that also seems like something that we don't see a lot in movies um, that could be seen as exploitation or, but, or representation but, but maybe. Yeah. Or representation. Cause I think the portrayal of his, uh, not to get ahead of us, but uh, his mm-hmm. wife or a significant other kind of mm-hmm. um, like that portrayal was a little it was even keeled and I thought was more positively portrayed. 
mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to just kind of carting out, you know, people with disabilities for shock value. Right. Yeah, there's de- there's definitely some empathy there, especially whenever they're they're breaking out of the tunnel and you you kind of like kind of get some hope as they're racing down to the town. But oh right. my, what they're in for. Um, so I thought one of the craziest scenes in the movie was this the the whole like um, the bougie like older women who are like in like um, corsets and stuff and like yeah this they're sort of in black drugs. guy is like like treating them like their lips and like she needs skin cream and then one of them's like oh why are you raping me and then they're actually like fondling him and then he gets strung up for it <laughs> it's kind of yeah. a very disturbing stuff there yeah and they had weird voices in the in the spanish version as well they had like almost man's voices uh-huh, okay. uh, men's voices uh i that scene was i it made me think i don't know if this was intentional but it definitely made me think about the way uh about like slavery in general mm-hmm. and sort of the way black people were treated in the u.s and mm-hmm. in the west and uh just uh you know or even like in uh to kill a mockingbird you know where he gets okay framed for you know that kind of story the sort of sure. exploitation thing that yeah, kind of just because the uh the white person said this i mean automatically means that you know they're doomed so mm-hmm. yeah and they chase him out into the street and and everything and they, they hang him or um they string him up and i think they shoot him i think oh he's upside down right they hang it by his feet yeah that, that sounds right yeah he's upside down yeah definitely yeah. wasn't a lynching Oof, no yeah more. All right, changing topics. Um, barbed wire boxing, that could that yeah. has potential. <laughs> yeah, barbed wire boxing, and then he tries to help the guy, right? Because he falls think, on the ground and he goes down, and they push him away. Is that the point where um his kid comes in as the town priest? I think uh, it's he's a little around after at this that. Point. Oh, okay. It's that's the scene where they do the Russian roulette. I think he right. shows up. Yeah, the uh, Russian roulette with the uh, the blank in the gun as they all, you know, it's a miracle that I wasn't shot. Even yeah. It's rigged until like, so um, El Topo's kid's like, no, no, we got to do this with a real bullet or whatever. And then the kid ends up getting, shooting himself. So. And that's the same kid who they show not singing oh. the hymns too. So there's everybody oh. singing and they have a shot of him just sitting there with his mouth closed. And then, I'm glad you brought up the singing part because isn't in that isn't that the chant like God you must save us God you must save us like a very demanding kind of congregation instead of like wanting like mercy or whatever. Yeah, and that's kind of why I was um, thinking about the like the religious connotation as we go from the Genesis section into the Psalms section and then later mm. into the Revelation section. Uh, mm-hmm. which is called Apocalypse, I think. Or Apocalypse is, is the uh, Spanish word for the book of Revelation. So oh, okay. uh, so as we get into more New Testament stuff, and he's got sort of a different look, and he's more pacifist, sort of mm-hmm. like God in the New Testament, I guess. Uh, okay. And then you have religion, which is being treated as sort of a commodity slash uh, popularity mm-hmm. contest slash... Mm-hmm, uh, you know thing to be where they're all like oh wow it's a miracle we didn't you know they're doing a bunch of stupid stuff and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know they're, they're <laughs> trying to doing russian roulette at church uh as a miracle um as sort of like modern religion even 
you know, as modern Christianity, it's been turned into something different or whatever. Mm-hmm. What did you make of that scene where like they go into this room full of, like naked people? Like at first I thought it was like an orgy and then like the little girl, uh, the, the wife character gets naked and they like, they shame her, but then they just, they rush to have sex. So I'm not sure if that was like a whorehouse or what, but something. Oh, I'm there. trying to, oh, I, I can't remember. I don't know if I had anything, um, uh down in there aside from the fact that they have to that's a that was to me it seemed like more humiliation uh, humiliation you know Mm -hmm. uh and then and i guess they're doing it for money because i mean that's the the because yeah at first i just thought they were invited to an orgy but i mean everything they're doing is trying to make money so it must be um some kind of sexual money that they're after at that point yeah and i wonder if he would have something to say about that in terms of you know the portrayal of that because it was definitely weird uh, and but Connor, what I really want to know yeah. is what he had to say about those um those hard underwear of his. That's the quote oh, I, I really want. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I mean, there's so many. It's 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 almost you know it's too much. It's it's uh like this document that I have. I can send it over to you. It is crazy. Like it's okay. so long. Uh, I didn't read all of it, obviously, but um. Mm-hmm. It has that a reminds me, I was in high school and I was, uh, we had to like analyze a poem and um, I picked The Wasteland and I read it and I was like, yeah, no idea what you're saying. I think that's T.S. Eliot. And, um, but then I just stumbled across this website and like every single line was like analyzed. I was like, ah, I found the right place. Let's get this down for the report. So, um, right. Yes, yeah, kind of yeah, sounds like I... the same kind of deal, which is fun to, to look into. I mean, after you kind of look at it for yourself so yeah and I, I think that was a that's a striking image too is the uh the like them getting naked and her as a little person getting naked is something i've not seen in a film uh yeah you know uh i at least for me there's definitely a lot of things that i hadn't seen before or that were it seemed like deliberate misdirection on the part of the filmmaker where he's going you think this is going to happen it's not going to happen. This other thing, sort of a subversion uh, throughout the movie, um, in almost every scene. How about that jolly scene of the new the, the couple? Uh, they're waiting on their baby, but they're shoveling shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also, you know, it's funny. I also thought the son looked just like George Harrison from the Beatles when he first showed up, and like, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, it looks like George Harrison. And then uh, I didn't, I didn't know at that time about the Beatles thing, though. That they okay. that the that the John Lennon liked it, but mm-hmm. kind of kind of interesting. Like that whole section of the movie was way different from the first half. It's almost like yes. they have a very structured initial half of the movie that's in mm-hmm. sort of the, the first guy, the second guy, the third guy, the fourth guy, and then the second half is just a gauntlet of different crazy scenes. Um, yeah, you have a. What another anachronism I saw was they had a kid with like a modern prosthetic leg in the movie. Was that was that in the escape sequence? Oh, it might have been in the yeah. It was when they when in after they get the money for the cave and okay. go start breaking it open with the son who joins their routine, the George Harrison mm-hmm. looking son. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So they free the trap people only for them to get gunned down by the uh, the gun nut cultists there. <laughs> In yep, the middle classic. of town. 
Um, yeah, traditional Western shootout at the end, which was pretty cool. Now El Topo is apparently immune to bullets himself as he yeah. uh, rips rips through them. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, very religious there at the end with him pouring the oil all over himself to uh, incinerate um, himself. And yeah, it's like the, the, uh, mm-hmm. the self-immolating monk thing. That yeah. famous picture, I think, right? I What I you're saying... Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, I think that was like a form of protest back in the Vietnam era. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. I forgot about yeah. that. Oh, and that uh, Return of the King, whenever the, the crazy uh, king guy um, pours the oil on him before he lights himself on fire, it's kind of similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. When he, and he does, I, I haven't seen that movie in a while, but he runs out and jumps mm-hmm. off the tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. That part. yeah, definitely similar imagery. It's interesting. Um, another sort of religious inspired oh, a text, little bit yeah. text mm-hmm. yeah but all right so the little lady has the baby and rides off with the uh, son of El Topo um, El Topo's grave is covered in honey thriving with bees so maybe he did find peace after all even and though the his, his whole crusade like... oh go ahead <laughs> well I was just going to say the son's dressed like El Topo at mm-hmm. the end he has the whole oh, well, he kind of starts doing that as like he's following them around too. So like he's like yeah, slowly yeah, like right. taking on the persona of his his father. Yeah, which is his father, the new pacifist. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Which is funny because he was a priest himself, you know, and that's he got All abandoned right. or whatever, right? Change roles. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and I don't know if this was intentional, but. And I don't mean to be offensive to anybody, but when they dropped him off with the priests, I was like, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit like, uh, is that, was that on purpose? Like as a mm. statement, but I don't, I don't think so. I don't think we quite gotten there yet. No, uh, yeah. Fortunately or unfortunately, whatever. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's all my notes. Um, what's your rating? Any final thoughts? I gave it a five out of five on Lightboxed, nice. at least. Um, I, I really, it was a it was a moving experience for me to watch it. I think there was a lot of, even though I didn't understand everything in the movie, mm-hmm. I, it was interesting. I was engaged. Uh, it was really really well shot. I don't remember who shot it. Um, I think a Mexican guy. I can't remember his name. Um, but amazing camera work, uh, just a lot of weird scenes, uh, right? And it, it's funny because it's not perfect, and there's a lot of stuff where I was uncomfortable with it or mm-hmm. confused. But uh, but overall, I, I thought it was a, a work of art that I liked to experience. So I'm, I'm really kind of excited to check out the some of his other work and see what it's all about. Yeah, uh, is it San Soli is his other one? Um, I forgot. I'm not sure. And by the way, the uh, cinematographer is Rafael Corchiti, which is a Mexican cinematographer. So yeah, gotcha. Great. Um, for me, I would. I was kind of teetering between four, four and a half. Didn't love, love, love it, but it's a very, very well made film. Uh, the visuals are fantastic. Metaphors are really neat to think about. Violence is intense. That definitely gave it a cool. Um, kind of twist for actually, you know, being grounded and being a Western, although of the acid variety. <laughs> so weird. I'm not right. sure why I would ever show this to, but um, yeah. yeah, what a trip. It was great talking to you about it. 
yeah yeah it's it's always nice to you know because i watched it and i watched it alone and i was like well i don't really have anybody to talk to about this yet <laughs> i was excited to to hear your thoughts on it because you know it's like a, a lot of the stuff i don't know what to make of it you know a lot of the scenes a lot of the imagery i'm like i don't what is going on in this um but yeah it's been fun fun talking to you about it because it's a it's definitely a movie to talk about all right, so uh, please follow the Average Joe's Movie Clubcast on YouTube, and you can look for my reviews on uh, Letterboxd. Um, if anybody wanted to check out your writing, uh, where would they find you, Connor? Uh, I'm on Letterboxd, uh, Connor Wilson, C-O-N-N-E-R-W-I-L-S-O-N. Um, yeah, and you can check me out there. Uh, I also have an IMDb, so you can take a look at what's coming out. But, yeah. Great. It was a pleasure to have you. All right, have a great day, everyone, and keep watching great movies.